Peace be with you. So my name is Dr. Kent Gallagher, and I am the provost of the university, and I won't take a poll on how many of you know what a provost is. Um, but I'm part of the executive team here, and I am responsible for our faculty and for all of the academic programs that you all enjoy and will graduate from. Uh, this is my first time to address the, 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 the uh, student body outside of, I guess, our opening chapel. Uh, but a little bit about myself. I am from Tennessee, and uh, I have spent my career almost 30 years in Christian higher education. I've been a member of the faculty at ACU and a member of the faculty at Lipscomb University. I've held a lot of different administrative roles through those years. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited about the future of this university, uh, and I look forward to the work that we will enjoy. Well, I would like for us to begin this morning with you just briefly closing your eyes. I know you probably hate to do this, but close your eyes for just a minute, and I want you to think without any distraction about why you're in college. What is it that you hope to accomplish in your life? What is your greatest hope? What is your greatest dream? Just think about that for a moment. All right, you can open your eyes. Put a marker there. We're going to return to that in just a moment. Whatever it is that you believe or you think right now is what you want for your life. I want that to be on your heart today as we speak and as we think. I've worked with college students for a long time, and what I've discovered is that the dream that you have right now really should be about the intersection of three things, an intersection of the gifts that God has placed in you and the passions that you enjoy and that you like to exercise and the values that you hold dear. I, I believe that you will live the abundant life that God has called you into if you choose a, a career, a future, if you have a dream that allows you to use your gifts and exercise your passions in a way that connects deeply with what you value most. Most of us are ambitious. I have yet to meet an 18, 19, 20-year-old student who doesn't have a big old dream for their life. Right now, I'm sure you feel like your dreams are just perfect and, and that they are big and they are exciting and they motivate you. They're probably the reason that you're in college right now. Well, there's a person in the New Testament that I think is a really interesting character study on ambition. And I, I want us to think about him today. Perhaps see yourself in him today. In Mark chapter 1, we're introduced to him. He's a fisherman. And as Jesus is passing by, he looks at him and he says to him, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, this person's name at that time was Simon. Jesus will later change his name to Peter. And what does Peter know of this Jesus in that moment? Well, Peter knows that he is a great miracle worker. And, Jesus, and, and Peter probably also suspects that Jesus might be the Messiah. But his notion of who the Messiah is is kind of messed up. We know that as Jesus is calling his apostles, he's calling them to follow the Messiah. And in their mind, the Messiah is going to be a political leader that frees them from the yoke of Roman bondage and restores them to a kingdom that is prominent and powerful. And of course, of course, Peter follows him. 
And with James and John, he becomes one of the three in Jesus' inner circle. He answered the call, but why? Why did he do it? Well, we could speculate. We could speculate that he wanted more out of life than simply being a fisherman. We could speculate that he wanted a life that would be significant. We could speculate that he was ambitious. We could speculate that he had dreams that could not be fulfilled tending nets. You see, I I think we'll learn later on in the book of Mark that Peter really followed the Lord that day when he called him because he saw Jesus as a path to fulfill his dreams. The big old dreams that he had for his life. Just like you have big old dreams in yours. How do I know this? Well, there's a story recorded for us in Mark chapter 8 that I think is very telling. It's very telling about the motivation that Peter had and that he, he cherished and he nourished and he held on to in his heart. To understand this, you have to understand the context. So in chapter 6, we have the great story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. We have the story of Jesus walking on water and, of course, Peter walking out to meet him and beginning to slip. But he had the courage to step out of the boat, didn't he? In chapter 7, he's healing the sick. In the beginning of chapter 8, he feeds the 4,000 and he continues to do more miracles of healing. Peter sees all of this. And it begins to shape his idea of who this Jesus was. And so we get to Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 27. I want you to picture the scene with all of that as context, all of those miracles as context. Imagine Jesus walking along a dusty road with his apostles as they step in their sandals. The dirt is swirling around their feet. He's asking them, who are people saying that I am? And they give him a variety of different answers. Some people think you're Elijah. Some people think you're a prophet. He's telling them what he's, he's tell, they're telling him what they're hearing about him in the marketplace, in the byways, when they're in the crowds as he's teaching and healing. Who do people think that I'm at? I am. And then you can imagine him stopping in the street on that dirt road, wheeling around in front of all of them. What about you? Who do you say that I am? We know what Peter said, don't we? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter's idea of who Jesus was has changed. It has been shaped by his experience with the Lord. He signed on to be part of a revolution. And now he's finding out that what he really signed on for was to be part of something much greater. And Jesus says to him, you're absolutely right. And Jesus is thinking in this moment, okay, they're ready to hear the truth. And so he begins to teach them about what it means for him to be the son of God. He tells them, I'm going to have to suffer many things and I'm going to die. I'm going to die for you and I'm going to die for every person that comes, came before you and every person that will come after you. Let me tell you the truth of what it means 
to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Peter, Peter who just said, you are God, looks at Jesus and the Bible says he rebuked him. Now think about that for a minute. You've seen all these miracles. You know the power this man has. You've just named him as the Son of God and you rebuke him. Now, what do you think rebuke means? You think that's a soft term? Is it a hard term? He got in Jesus' face. He said, no, that's not going to happen. There's no way that's going to happen. I'm not going to let that happen. Because you see, he was still holding on to that original motivation. He followed Jesus because he saw Jesus as a pathway for him to fulfill his dreams for his life. And Jesus looks at him, and we all know what Jesus says. Jesus says, get behind me. What did he say? Get behind me, Satan. Peter, you're thinking about what men want, not what God wants. And then he goes on and he explains what he means by that. I can imagine him looking at Peter and going, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Peter... If you got everything that you ever dreamed of and you lost your soul, what good would it be? I mean, you can just imagine Peter all this time. He's been following Jesus all this time. Every night when he lays his head on a rock, he's thinking about the pillow that he's going to enjoy when he's the right-hand man of the king. Every day when they're gleaning grain in the corner of the field and eating raw grain, he's thinking to himself, oh, but someday... All my dreams will come true and I'll be living in a palace and I'll be eating the very best food, wearing the best clothes. Oh, but Jesus saw through it. Jesus says, Peter, you you need to you need to take your dream, your dreams and bring them under the will of God. Now, of course, we know what happens in Peter's story. The rest of the story. He's ready to kill somebody when they come to arrest Jesus. And then he's confused. Everybody else scatters. He follows along behind. He ends up denying our Lord. When we see him again in John chapter 21, he's gone back to fishing. And the resurrected Lord is on the bank fixing breakfast. Have you caught anything out there? He says, no, we haven't caught anything. He says, let your, let your line down on the other side of the boat. Of course, they're bringing in that heavy load again, and they all know it's the Lord. And Peter dives in, and he swims over. The Lord says, let's have something to eat. And three times, three times, he says to Peter, do you love me more than these? And Peter says, you know I love you. And the Lord says, feed my sheep. Do you love me more than these? Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. It's a reminder, Peter, I have so much in store for you. If you'll just bring your dreams into my will. And the irony is, the irony of it all, is that God gave Peter such a life of significance that he will be remembered until the very end of time. 
You know, when you give God your whole life and you hold nothing back, he gives you the kind of life that other peoples look at in wonder and in admiration, the kind of life that exceeds your wildest imagination. So think again about that that dream that you have right now. The reason why you're in college is you've got a big old dream. But if you will put that dream under the lordship of Jesus Christ, he will give you more and better than you could ever imagine. So this is my word for you today. Like Peter, place God's will at the center of your dreams. And just watch what he does in your life. Now, if you're confused about that, or how to do that, I encourage you to visit with one of your faculty mentors. Or come over and make an appointment and see me in my office. I'm just over in American Heritage Building. And we can talk about it. Because I don't want any of you to miss anything that God has in store for you. What gives me hope today? The life of Peter gives me hope today. Go in peace. You are dismissed.